3: This is the RotoWire
1: Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody! It's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 30th edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Jake Latarski is with me today. Just like every Tuesday, we talk uh, waiver wire, free agents, etc. This is also trade deadline day. We are recording this a little after 11 o'clock Eastern Time on Tuesday. No Le'Veon Bell news, no trade news. Jake, I wanted to have some good news to talk about here, and I got nothing.
3: Yeah, it's, it's pretty bare. I mean, there's still rumors around the likes of your Demarius Thomas types. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, it doesn't look like the Bills are going to trade McCoy. There's not a ton of big-time offensive players on the move. I mean, Deshaun Jackson got Fitzpatrick back, and suddenly he doesn't want to be traded anymore. That's funny how that works. So it, quiet so far, but historically, especially last year, the deadline was pretty active. So I think we probably will see some moves during the day. Now, whether they're fantasy-relevant or not remains to be seen. All
1: right. Um, Monday night. Bill's defense actually put up a respectable effort for sure. Um, mm. The Kenyon
3: Barner thing did not work, did it? No. Oh, yeah, that was ugly. I mean, I put in a $12 bid on Barner on a 14 teamer, you know, thinking maybe uh, I forget that, that that fringy scrub Patriots running back who randomly had like three touchdowns in a primetime game a few years back. But um, it was um, the. Uh, what's his name? Well, I, I, I slipped my mind. I talked about him with someone last week he just you know i was thinking maybe something like that would happen regardless but uh didn't do it and cordero patterson is wide receiver turned running back he's like the new Ty montgomery which oh god we can get into that eventually probably (laughs) best that we don't but uh wide receiver turned running back cordero patterson 10 carries 38 yards nothing special but it was a whole lot better than Kenyon barner two carries four yards i mean hardly even on the field yeah um, Jonas Gray, by the way, is the guy we were looking for. Ah, there we go. Jonas Gray. Yeah, it would have taken me a while to get that, I will admit.
1: Yeah, but the Barner thing the Barner thing was weird because last week he had 10 carries.
3: Mm-hmm. So that was, was just like, kind of oh, like, like, like a...
1: He's going to get some.
3: and yeah. It was just like an emergency, like, oh, Michelle's down, now we have to do something, like, uh, I guess Barner's here, let, let's just give him the ball. This time, Belichick actually had a chance to game plan, I guess, Yeah. and then he could come up with something a little bit better, and he fooled all of us, and he stomped on fantasy owners just like Todd Gurley did this week. He needs to, Belichick needs to tell us what he's going to do things like that. I think it's only fair. yeah yeah, that's a good one Chip us off a little bit
1: hey i'm gonna run Cordero (laughs) patterson out of the backfield everybody just so you know
3: no targets in the passing game though that's going to be all the edelman white show and i think everybody else i mean except unless the gronk's going to have a day here and there but everyone else seems to be pretty secondary even the likes of josh gordon
1: yeah gordon and there was that rumor on monday that he was going to get benched for the first quarter and that didn't happen so um just whatever just i don't know patriots are back to that annoying i thought josh gordon was really gonna get moving and it's not really happening he did actually drop it wouldn't have been a tough catch they they, they took a shot at him deep early that he could have come up with and didn't
3: mm-hmm. so. i think when you have josh gordon on your team you're, you should be obligated to do that at least once or twice per right. game why not give him a chance totally agree all right. Um,
1: the Browns. Do we want to tie anything? I
3: mean, <laughs> I mean that that's going to be a wreck for all the fantasy people. I mean, I, I I probably should lose my job too if I give David Njoku zero targets. But that's a totally different frustration on my end. It's just a j- just a mess over there. And I mean, until there's some clarity in a couple of weeks, like on what the offense is actually going to be doing i mean they fired their offensive guy too so todd haley's gone as well um i don't know what they're going to do offensively it's probably far from being fair to baker mayfield but uh i i just don't know what to expect moving forward and i don't feel great outside of maybe jarvis landry because someone has to get the volume i don't feel really good starting any of those guys yeah i don't i mean well if i have i don't know I mean, there's, there's six like, teams on a bye this week, so maybe Nick Chubb. I guess you can make that case. Yeah, I'm against the Chiefs, I'm starting Nick Chubb. No, okay, okay, that's fair. But I guess, I mean, who knows what their offensive game plan is going to look like or if they're going to be able to get in the ball like, in the right ways at the right times. I know. It's, it's tricky. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I know
1: I'm starting those guys, but I hear what you're saying. It's like you don't feel great about it because you don't know what's going to happen.
3: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely that's you got you got that pit in your stomach that's like yeah you know i'm gonna do this but i i I can't not expecting the greatest of results
1: except duke johnson we are not starting duke johnson until further notice even with you jackson the the evil you jackson gone who has Mm -hmm. who has killed duke johnson's fantasy value um all right folks we're gonna talk free agents today look if we talk fab budgets it's gonna be based on 100 if we talk about who to pick up Probably based on twelve teams, but we'll you know talk about variations of that. Um, Jake talked about the buys. We got six teams off this week: Cardinals, Bengals, Colts, Jags, Giants, Eagles. Let's start at quarterback. Uh, well, that last week we talked about Dak, who was on a buy, but we talked about you know maybe he's hmm. good for later. We talked yeah, getting about getting Amari
3: Cooper with the weapon that yep. that helps the stock a little bit at least.
1: We talked about Case Keenum, who had a good matchup with the Chiefs, and that was kind of okay. Baker Mayfield, not kind of okay. But now we are back to Fitzland.
3: Yeah, it's Fitz Magic time. And, and Tampa Bay, I mean, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, fantasy owners, couldn't be happier. But suddenly you look into Ryan Fitzpatrick, 7% Yahoo, 6% ESPN. He's someone that probably cracks the top 20 the rest of the season, wouldn't you say? He's Right now,
1: he's, he's got the weapons. He's going to play. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. this week, the upcoming schedule there at Carolina. Who's, they can get them for points. Washington's been a little tough. They're at the Giants, home for San Francisco, home for Carolina. I mean, you know, no killers there. Um, the Redskins have actually probably been among – even they're middle mm-hmm. of the pack against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. So, I mean, Fitz, is, like we said, he's got the weapons when he played early. Yeah, the, the, the thing about this compared to real life, in real life he might throw four interceptions. Fantasy, I don't care all that much. I mean, four would hurt,
3: sure. Mm-hmm.
1: But he's going to rack up numbers.
3: As long as they're not James Winston caliber or horrible interceptions that yeah. got him benched in the first place. I mean, Fitz came into that game, went 11 for 15, 194 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, definitely he's worth owning, but... Again, the thing that I get most excited about is if, if you're a Mike Evans owner or even a Deshaun Jackson owner, suddenly you feel a lot better about starting those guys pretty weekly. I mean, Deshaun Jackson has a flex. Evans, are starting every week regardless. And uh, I mean, OJ Howard, his stock doesn't really change. He's been surprisingly good, but uh, this is definitely, he's going to be the top quarterback target. And I don't think I have him as my top overall target this week. We're going to catch into those guys at the end, but uh, he's definitely up there. And I mean, if you're in need of a quarterback or if you have luck or went on a buy this week, there's a $15 bid in there for him. I think
1: I I agree with you. Um, Other guys we can consider Flacco against the Steelers. Flacco has been the middle, middle of the road fantasy quarterback. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, and the matchup's okay. The Steelers have been better lately, but the matchup's still okay.
3: Yeah. He didn't do a whole lot this week uh, against the Panthers. Um, you know, 192 yards, a touchdown, two picks. That's probably one of his worst games uh, of the year. But outside, I mean, he's a pretty safe bet for about 230 to 300-something yards and one or two touchdowns every week, the way it is, even against tougher matchups. And and suddenly he gets the Steelers, who haven't haven't been so great in the secondary. We, uh, you know, the team defense versus position page we've got on RotoWire. now that we're seven, eight games in for most teams, it, it becomes incredibly useful, and it's one of my favorite tools that I use on RotoWire. You can sort by a uh, standard PPR, FanDuel, DraftKings, or any of the daily sites. And um, and the Steelers are fifth um, worst. Per game in opposing points allowed to fantasy quarterbacks 27.2 points a game Uh, they've given up 17 touchdowns through the air over 2,000 yards in seven games so it's a good matchup for Flacco it's a good matchup for guys like John Brown and Michael Crabtree to get back on track and I think Flacco we got a list of guys some really average matchups because A lot of teams on buy, but I think Flacco's got to be the top readily available stream option this week. I'm quick looking at his availability here in uh, Yahoo leagues. And, uh, I mean, only 37% on, so there's a good chance he's out there for you.
1: Yep, and Fitz, like you said, 7% on Yahoo. Um, The Rotowire projections for week nine, Fitz is QB10, Flacco's QB14. So... Definitely playable if you're buying into those numbers as well. Other guys here, um, Baker against the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs' defense hasn't been good. I would rather not. Alex Smith home against the Falcons. I think the Falcons, are they're getting Deion Jones back. They're still without their safeties, but the defense is getting back to not full mm-hmm. strength, but sh- but they're getting stronger. Yeah, I, I don't your- like the I think the Falcons are, are about to go on a bit of a run here and mm-hmm. maybe contend for a playoff
3: spot. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, not having your safeties is only exploitable when you have a quarterback that throws downfield. That's not Alex Smith.
1: No, most definitely not. Uh, Case Keenum home
3: against the Texans. I think the Texans have been playing too well. Undone. yeah uh, they're gonna get right. after him with the pass rush yeah i wanted to list a few options we got six guys on by i mean dalton yeah dalton luck i mean no one's starting bortles anymore few are starting eli no one's touching the cardinals quarterback situation but there's a few guys on by and you know throw a couple names out there but definitely i think you got to be looking at fits first and if not you're looking at fits for long term and if not fits then possibly you know joe flacco should be your number one target this week
1: all Right? did uh did Derek cars week eight game uh, convince you at all
3: I mean, not a not a ton. I mean, he's he's just really tough. I mean, I'd rather have Fitz, or I'd almost rather have Flacco. Rest of season, it's just I, he's going to be so up and down throughout the course of the year. So I don't feel great about it. All right, the other one is, I'm mean,
1: Beathard is playing the Raiders, but he's been bad lately. Like he had a little run of a few games there where he was okay,
3: mm-hmm. and now he's kind of not. Yeah, I mean, so. if, if you do that in a two-quarterback league, you're crossing your fingers for Goodwin to get popped for one long one and Kittle to help bail him out on a few times to move the chains, and I, I just don't like playing that way, I guess. Okay, um, so you are, you're, you're Flacco before fits for this week? Uh- for this week, for this week, I'm Flacco before Fitz, but if Fitz is out there, I think you need to go ahead and get him first because you're not going to go ahead and pick up both and and right. roster three quarterbacks suddenly. You if your first bid's going to be on Fitz just because he's someone that is usable the rest of the season and he, you can plug and play matchups with him and a starting quarterback even just because of what he's done so far. If you need a single matchup this week, I think Flacco's a, matchup is a little bit better and he's actually less available. So this week, Flacco, rest of season fits. All right.
1: Um, and you make a note in the, in the notes. In, the, in two quarterback leagues, I mean, look, we got 26 teams playing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you're in, let's say, a 14-team, two-quarterback league, you're, you're running short. You could look at Lamar Jackson or Taysom Hill because they've, they've been running gadget plays. And they're actually on the field most, more than most gadget quarterbacks in the past.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very few have a chance to get as many rushes or even receptions in the case of Taysom Hill as these guys. I, I've just In two quarterback leagues that I've been a part of, I've seen it done with people in desperation where every starting quarterback and many decent backups are rostered. So I'm just throwing that out there as an idea for people if they're really, really struggling this week. So
1: um, when you get a chance, if, if you didn't see it, Jackson was in the game against the Panthers and they ran this play where they did a fake sort of jet sweep play and then he rolled out to the right and the defense started to key on him. And he had a receiver. open, like Basically, it was this perfectly designed play by Morningwig, And,
3: mm-hmm. and the yeah. receiver
1: was on the side. And Jackson like threw it five yards short of him. It was the worst throw. I mean, it was the easiest. I could have made the throw. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, just bounced it.
3: You're banking on one or two of those if, you, if you're throwing Jackson out there. But, I mean, that's the reason why on the value meter every single week, the first non-starter that is ranked is always Lamar Jackson. All right.
1: As far as droppables, I guess Jameis is droppable at this point. You can't mm-hmm. spec on him anymore. Um, otherwise I was thinking Stafford, I mean, they were losing by a lot this past week. So he wound up throwing a lot again.
3: Yeah. And he has thrown thrown for
1: two, two or more touchdowns in six of his seven games.
3: Yeah. I mean, since week one against the jets, that horrific game when he threw four picks, it's been two touchdowns every single week, except week two when he threw three and he threw 310. So I was a little confused when I saw that on the sheet, I was like Stafford really after 310 and two touchdowns. But then you look at Minnesota at Chicago, Carolina, Chicago again. I mean, that's not a great upcoming schedule and chances are you could do better with the streamer than you could with Stafford over the next four weeks so I see where you're coming from John
1: right and Stafford just for context here why
3: I brought it up he's on a per game basis he's QB 17 Mm -hmm. so So definitely not a lock for your roster I mean once if you have one good quarterback and that quarterback's bye week has passed and then start it's going to be that way for a lot of quarterbacks pretty soon that second quarterback better be pretty dang good if you're going to even think about rostering them.
1: Yep. All right, folks. The fantasy draft, we put players first. You've got super flexible lineups. For the NFL, mm-hmm. there's no kicker, and you can draft four running backs if you want. In the NBA, lineups are even more flexible. If you want five guards and two centers, no problem. They've got a $100,000 run-and-gun weekly feature GPP, and that's with a $25 buy-in. Fantasy Draft also has the $500,000 Fantasy Draft Championship. That's 100k to first place and weekly qualifiers that are happening now that comes with a week 16 final. There's rake-free head-to-head for contests under 200 or half the rake for the of the other guys for the rest. That means that if you and a friend both enter a $100 head-to-head, the winner gets $200. Fantasy Draft takes no fees. So, you want to join Fantasy Draft? Go there now. Make sign up, make your initial deposit, and if you use referer code Rotowire, you will get a free four dollars GPP ticket. So again, that's at Fantasy Draft. Make your deposit now, and you get a free four dollars GPP ticket if you use referer code Rotowire. Fantasy Draft, we put players first. All right, next up, running backs. Last week we talked about Marlon Mack. That went well,
3: mm-hmm. really well. He's he yes, should. Yeah, I mean, he's someone that you lock in your starting lineup for the rest of the season. And even if he is playing the Jags or something like that, he's a a guy that's got to be owned everywhere. I imagine he's owned everywhere by now, especially after the big week this week. But that'll cement it. Yeah, he's up to 88%. So if everybody in your league fell asleep and you're one of them lucky 12%, which is highly unlikely, worth typing the M-A-C-K in the player list. But uh, chances are he's gone. Yeah, congratulations if you got that one.
1: Um, Doug Martin, Jalen Richard, that actually worked out. Usage-wise, it worked out kind of as advertised, that Martin mm-hmm. was the runner, and Richard caught, what he catch? Eight passes. He only ran twice. But Martin, Martin actually was productive. I'm not a big Doug Martin guy, but 13 for 72 with a couple of catches, that's pretty strong. If he's going to get that kind of usage, the thing is, if he runs into a halfway decent team, I'm just worried that
3: it's going to be you know, 13 carries for 26 yards. Mm-hmm. yeah i think you're gonna see a lot of that so i mean yeah i guess martin's you, you he's rosterable now and i mean you can maybe plug and play a couple weeks otherwise the only guy i actually i mean i feel comfortable using richard in ppr formats from here on out because those raiders are going to be behind i think there's a good you know five to six to, i don't know if let's say five to eight catch floor for richard every week i mean he seemed to be the guy. I mean, we, we'll get to this in a bit, but we, I mean, Jordan Nelson, Martavis Bryant, neither of those guys were involved in the least bit. It was all, it was all Cook and Richard basically in the passing game. And if that's going to be the case, then Richard has a spot on PPR rosters. And I'm going to have to start him at running back again this week with David Johnson on a bye.
1: And absolutely. Because PPR guys sometimes you look at the PPR <clears throat> running back and you say, he gets a bump. You know, certain types of guys like Richard get a bump in PPR. But you know, you look at the end of the year and you find those guys that catch, you know, 60, 70 passes and they're like RB 15 in PPR leagues. And I, yeah, don't, all, I don't think people, when you eyeball it, you kind of think, well, you know, he's flexy or whatever. No, in PPR League, guys, like if Duke Johnson was ever used right, he'd be really good. He'd be in your lineup every week in a PPR League.
3: I, I mean, in a PPR League, Jalen Rashard outscored Doug Martin, and that seems counterintuitive because Martin 13 carries, 72 yards, Rashard 2 for 14, and then in the passing game, Martin had caught 2 for 17, but 8 for 50 yards for Jalen Rashard. And, you know, one of these times, he'll find the end zone there. So right. I in, in a PPR, I still actually, despite Martin... Getting more guaranteed touches in a PPR thing, I'm definitely higher on Richard still. I'll I'll stick by the guns there.
1: Okay, let's talk about some of the other guys. So um, I was watching Sunday morning, and I was certainly intrigued by Josh Adams, who's the first guy on your list. He went nine for 61 on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. And he was the, of the three-man committee, he carried the most. However, I look at the Eagles, and the Eagles are off this week, so we don't have to worry about it for this week. But I look at the Eagles, and as intriguing, as intriguing as Josh Adams is, I look and I go, this is still three-man committee.
3: Yeah, I, I look at that and I say, now let me just preface this by saying, you know, I put this on, on the line. It's an ugly week for running backs. If you need to plug and play a running back off the waiver wire, best of luck to you, my friend, because it is <laughs> probably not happening. Um, you know, there's six teams on by, so everybody else is trying to do that, too. And do you really want to spend— You know, the 15 or I guess you can't use Adams this week, but, uh, you know, you don't want to spend these guys that are just going to maybe get you three, four points this week. And then you're never going to use them the rest of the year. But Josh Adams is one that I don't like a lot because it's a three man committee. Uh, The I mean, Swallowed got 50 percent of the snaps. Adams got 29 percent of the snaps. Corey Clement, who I thought was going to be the best bet rest of season, only 21 percent of the snaps. Adams got more carries than all of them. And, of course, he had, a better, um, he had a better average, 6.8 yards per carry, 9 for 61. But this could very well be one of his best games the rest of the year.
1: Yep. Um, next up on your list, Devontae <laughs> Booker. And this is all dependent on Royce Freeman. Look, Book, Booker will still see action when Royce Freeman comes back. He just won't see as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. he, he, and he won't see enough to be playable when Royce Freeman's back. Until Royce Freeman comes back, Booker is sort of playable, but the matchup this week, not so great.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's against Houston, and then he's got a bye week. So, again, this is one where all your backs are on bye, and you need a guy to get you four points as opposed to taking a zero. Then you can set up someone like Devontae Booker. I mean, uh, decent decent this week. He carried nine times for 78 yards. That's 8.7 to carry. I mean, he also caught four passes. So um, definitely exceeded expectations, and he's someone that apparently Philip Lindsay isn't going to get the full workload throughout the uh, absence of Royce Freeman here. So, again, if Freeman's out again, Booker becomes a viable guy to maybe get you five, six points this week, but you could probably dump him after that.
1: All right. And Booker is 6% on, on Yahoo right now. The third one that you wrote up, Elijah McGuire, um, ready to come back from injured reserve. Re- I, sorry, eligible, but not necessarily ready. We think he's going to be back. They, mm-hmm. they like him. They used very him last much year a, in the passing yeah. game, but they, they, they seen, last year they were trying to get him involved.
3: Mm-hmm. It's a It's very much a spec ad here because you don't really know exactly what you're going to get, but I still think he might be my top running back ad this week. Now, not if you have to plug and play someone immediately, but this is one where you look ahead to the future. Um, I, Trent Cannon carried the ball six times for 10 yards and Crowell 13 for 25 yards. That running game needs some light. I mean, they had a tough matchup in Chicago. Who wasn't? Who didn't have Khalil Mack, by the way? But um, they had a tough matchup as a team. They carried 24 times for 57 yards, just ugly. The running game needs some life. Blow Powell's out for the rest of the season. Um, he'll be—he won't be the the guy, but he'll be one beat Isaiah Crowell, and with a little bit of change of pace, more side to side running. And I think there is. Uh, there's some potential there. So, I mean, if you're looking for a guy that might produce most rest of the season as opposed to someone that's only going to get you a couple points this week and then you dump them, I think you look to McGuire. But it's a very, very, I can't emphasize this enough. It's a rough week for running backs. It definitely is a rough week. I, there's, you know, I look through the list and I'm, I, there's really nobody
1: <coughs> I want. If you have questions about, hey, should I add this guy? Hit us on Twitter. He's at JakeSki52. I'm at Jay 37 mm-hmm. uh, People we can drop. Lyle Powell has talked about um, done for the year. Carlos, Carlos Hyde is in a tough. Spot, but hope, hopefully for the Jags when they get back from the bye, Leonard
3: Fournette's ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for that reason, I don't think there's any reason to really roster hide. Yeah. I mean, six carries for 11 yards. He's getting the ball. He carried the ball more times than TJ eldon in that game. Of course, they were they were behind for the better part of it, but there's I don't see any reason to roster him in anything that's uh, you know 14 teams or less. Right. I'm looking through the Rotowire projections, see if
1: there's any low owned guys. Kind of Martin's about fifty. Martin is in the fifty percent range, by the way, so he's worth a look. And he's Mm -hmm. RB twenty eight in the Roto Wired projections. So, I mean, Edo Smith and Eckler are not too far down the list. I'm not
3: sure I buy that. Mm. Eckler has a decent matchup this week, but the last time I looked, he was like. Really heavily owned, like in the seventy yeah, percent range. So, he is. Um, so he, I mean, I think Eckler has a role behind Melvin Gordon, and who does he got this week? It's a good matchup, isn't they have it? The it's the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks. Okay, so not too bad. Seahawks than the Raiders. So, um, a good couple of weeks ahead, and if, if Gordon is limited in any way, shape, or form, of course he becomes a big play. Uh, so I guess you can look at him too.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one on one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in
3: Atlanta. <laughs> I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild turkey.
0: Wild turkey distilling company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: All right, let's go to wide receivers. Last week, so the Raiders, after the Cooper trade, were like, hey, Jordy and Mateus Bryant. so, uh, Jordy goes, Jordy at least caught a pass.
3: That's yeah. good. <laughs> he caught one I, for 14 on four mm-hmm. targets. I find myself checking right now to just make sure real quick that Bryant was even active. Barely plays. He played seven snaps and didn't get targeted once. Yeah, I so. don't
1: understand what happened there. I, Does, do we know? Did
3: Gruden say, I didn't see anything that Gruden said. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brandon LaFell was out there for 92% of the snaps. Yeah. He had three for 31 and a touchdown. So maybe it's him jordy nelson was out there for 90 percent of the snaps only caught one pass on four targets seth roberts 42 yards one touchdown he's out there for 60 percent of the snaps so definitely not jordy nelson and martavis Bryant. i think jordy kind of stays in a stagnant role the way he is and um i mean maybe there's a lafell thing in here but some of the receivers yeah. we're about to talk about i like more than lafell
1: i do too but lafell i mean if he's gonna play a bunch of snaps He's he's a considerate. If if you're struggling, if you're scrambling, you're in a deep league for this week.
3: He's mm-hmm. he's on the table definitely. Yeah, you get well, him let's, everywhere. Let's just say this. I mean, if you're if you're stuck on buys this week and you need to flex someone, chances are it's going to be a wide receiver and not a running back. Just given the state of the pool and, and what the available guys look like. Right. Okay.
1: Um, one other guy. So Cortland Sutton, who we talked about last week, he is um, he's eleven percent owned. Now, again, ta- I'm talking right now at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on, on Tuesday. There have been rumors that Demarius Thomas could get traded. We'll mm-hmm. know today. And the thing is, he, by the time we know, you will have not made your final bids in most leagues for free agents. Like, if you're a first-come, first-serve, grab
3: Cortland Sutton now and hope that Thomas gets traded. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I think you get Cortland Sutton for like a buck or without using your first waiver priority now. And then if he gets traded, you're... Then, or if Thomas were to get traded, then suddenly that value shoots up. Like, if we knew Thomas was getting traded right now, I think Cortland Sutton would probably be the number one target this week, and I could see over 20% of your budget on him. We don't right. know that yet, but at least now the price is low and you could maybe pounce
1: on it. Right. Um, other guys you want to consider. So the Texans got dealt a tough blow. Very brutal. With, um, with Fuller getting hurt, torn ACL. Kiki Q T not the same kind of receiver, but in line for a busier role. He's only twenty percent owned on Yahoo, nineteen percent ESPN.
3: Mm-hmm. Now there is concern he does have a hamstring injury, so he's not a lock to uh, come out. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a at Denver Week Nine, and then a bye. So there is a chance we don't see him until Week Eleven, and even then he has a tough matchup at Washington. So keep all of that in mind. But as far as right now, you know, I, I'm thinking long term with this one. Right now, through rest of season, he's probably your top pickup this week because again uh, someone's got to draw attention away from deandre hopkins deandre hopkins is almost certainly going to draw double coverage every time he'll be there cute has had i mean he has a 100 yard receiving game this year and then he scored the week after that so he's had a brief stretch of utility where we've seen it um i have him in a 14 team league i haven't dropped him yet and i certainly don't intend to now okay
1: um next up Devontae parker i mean the, the, the Devontae parker He's sort of one of the you know last men standing with Stills and Albert Wilson getting hurt from Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday I, night he played well. The thing is, in the past years, look, he's been disappointing, but he hasn't been terrible in his career.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys. He was a first round pick. You know, people tend to forget that a first round pick in 2015. He is good, and I know that he's good. But maybe there's something that doesn't jive with him. Obviously, there's something that doesn't jive with him and Adam Gase. Adam Gase was very less than thrilled to have to use him this much in this Thursday night game. Um, so there's something there. You know, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. But physically, when he gets on the field, he's a very good player. Now, he went four weeks in a row where he was inactive in three of the four, had a four-snap week before that where he was only targeted once. Suddenly, he comes out of nowhere, nine targets, six catches for 134 yards. Upcoming, he's got the Jets, the Packers, then a bye, then the Colts, Bills, Patriots. So it's a little tougher in the playoffs, but short-term, I mean, why not take a chance on a first-round talent who, um, who can very well produce? Okay. Um, DJ Moore
1: is an interesting guy. He, he's a tough one for me.
3: Yeah, I wanted to defer to you because I know you have a little bit of a closer lens on the Panthers than most.
1: He's really good, and they're using him more. And actually, they ran him. They ran him and Curtis Samuel a bit the other day. Mm -hmm. He was five for ninety on six targets. So I think I think he's he's a good enough playmaker that they are going to start giving him more of a role. However, he doesn't. I think he stands out as their best playmaker, but there are too many mouths to feed there. That's one of those offensive situations where it's a team that doesn't throw a ton. And they've got other people. Like Funchess has turned into a pretty good receiver. Olsen's still there. McCaffrey catches the ball a lot. Like I think DJ Moore's going to have some good games. And I could see you in weeks like this. Yeah, I mean, he's got a matchup against the Bucks. There's six bye teams.
3: I could see it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just- he's got the Bucs, and then he heads to Pittsburgh week 10 and then at Detroit. So right. it's, a pretty, it's a nice little stretch ahead. And then if you if you put his targets on a graph, I mean, the last— Four weeks, four, five, five, six, you know, that maybe tells you something that mixed with the playmaking. I think he's viable. Yep.
1: I, I, he's viable. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be matchup dependent for me. Like you said, those matchups are good. It's going to be ma- dependent on who you have, because like I said, I mm-hmm. like the player. I, and I think if you're in some sort of Dynasty League and you can get him for less than, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good value. He's going to be a really good player.
3: Oh, oh, wait, real quick, look at his playoff schedule. I mean, Weeks 13 on, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans. Yes. I mean, if he, if he were to break out and suddenly be a top target, like, that's a real juicy playoff schedule.
1: Yes, Cam Newton owners. Yes, yes,
3: yes. Um,
1: go. Willie Sneed, he's catching, he's 28 targets in the last three games. He's 33% out on Yahoo. PPR, mm-hmm. pretty solid.
3: Yeah, I don't mind him. He's kind of a high floor guy that can be started in, in certain situations, and he's never going to wow you with a massive game, but he's consistent, and there's value in that in fantasy. Okay,
1: um, you've got some honorable mentions here. You want to you want to talk about a couple of your favorites. I'm going to list them here. Mm-hmm. Chris Conley from the Chiefs, based on de- depending on how Tyreek Hill's health is, uh, he strained a groin. Val- Valdez Scantling on the Packers actually had, uh, outsnapped Cobbin Allison on Sunday. Josh Reynolds came back for the Raiders, but Cooper Cup is coming. Uh, is coming back week nine most likely. Adam Humphreys, especially if if Deshaun Jackson gets traded by the Bucks, Adam Humphreys could play a little more. Jermaine Curse for the Jets, ten targets, but it's a. I mean, he's not that good of a. He's just an okay player. um They've they've done okay out of the slot. Dontrell Lindman for the Colts, they're on a buy. Kendrick Bourne for the Niners. I know I'm listing a whole bunch of players. Jake, why don't you take you through a couple that you that you think people might want to take a shot at.
3: The Veldes-Scantling one was injury interesting to me because Randall Cobb had the hamstring injury, or Geronimo Allison had the concussion. Uh, Veldes-Scantling, we thought, was going to be someone who was just good while those guys were out suddenly you know we come back here and he is out snapping them and i don't know if there's another health issue or something going on with those other guys that we're not seeing the full picture but he's out snapping them he had 60 percent of the snaps which is just more than geronimo and a decent amount more than randall cobb who was less than 50 percent of the snaps so he's one that maybe if you picked him up in that time you don't drop him but out of that whole list that we went through i mean there's other situational things but Bella scantling's the one that is probably worth a look okay who,
1: who's your favorites this week I, I go I go, Cutie Parker Moore. Um, Sneed doesn't fit there. If it's a PPR league, where does Sneed fit?
3: If it's a PPR league, I mean, I guess top five wide receiver at. Okay. Uh, as far as dropping, obviously Will Fuller.
1: Um, I think, jo- I mean, Jordy and Bryant might have good weeks, but I mean, Bryant especially, he plays seven snaps. Like, there, there's, mm-hmm. there's no good argument to keep him other than, hey, I'm going to cross my fingers and keep him on the end of my bench.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah maybe in a best ball league there's a spot just waiting for maybe him maybe he'll break out one week but again you'll be sitting around waiting a long time I think all right
1: um another drop can what about in in let's say you're in a 10-teamer right mm-hmm. Aguilar and Corey Davis do you have hope for them
3: in a 10-team non-PPR I think I'd say goodbye to Aguilar because he's become an afterthought um, with. Uh, with Alshon Jeffrey being being healthy and back. Um, I'm in a 12-team full PPR that starts three wide receivers. I'm still hanging on to Lore in that because when buys get ugly, I'll use him as a wide receiver three, and he's a decent bet to get me 10 points just because of uh, some of that PPR.
1: Okay, tight ends. Uh, I mean, we got to – Chris Herndon, we got to go in on now. I mean, look, it, it's not – he still doesn't run tons of pass routes, and there are other tight ends in that team, but I mean, he scored three weeks in a row.
3: Yeah, that kind of thing can't be ignored, so I needed to write that down. I mean, we discussed him last week. If you – I mean, he still only had like eight fantasy points even in a full PPR, eight, ten, or whatever. Um, so if, if you picked him up and you listened to us last week, he got somewhere with it, you know, and the, and the state of the tight end position is just brutal. So I think um, I picked him up in a Gronk league as an emergency option that week. What I can say is I'm not dropping him yet. All right, and he's 6% owned on Yon. Gronk, by the way, that's just not – I hope you
1: didn't pick him in the second round, people. Because that is just yeah. is not happening anymore. It is, it is time on Gronk that, that I, we need to revise our expectations probably mm-hmm. permanently.
3: I got Kelsey in three leagues, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take Gronk early third round in this league just because uh, I'll pivot once just in case I'm wrong about Kelsey. Should have went all in on Kelsey. Yeah.
1: Um, there was a close call between him and Kelsey for tight end one. I think I was leaning Kelsey, but I, I didn't think this would happen this quick. I mean, I guess it was, you know, the guy's been banged up for a long time. He's getting older. It happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, hmm. All
2: right.
1: All um, right. Other guys you can look at, Jack Doyle's back. I know they're on a buy this week, but he's 26% owned. Man, did he ding Eric Ebron.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, big time. So right at the beginning of the show and I said I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is my number two overall pickup this week, it's because even though on a buy, you need to spend some money on Jack Doyle this week because he, he looks back. He looks good. He's going to get targeted in a big way. He's a great red zone target. And the state of the tight end position is so horrible. I can see so many fantasy teams out there that are real good at the ride, running back, wide receiver, quarterback. You can always find someone. But the missing piece is the tight end. If you're missing pieces, the tight end, get that $27 bid out there on Jack Doyle this week. So if you
1: early in the season, Jack Doyle missed five games. First two weeks of the season, they were on the field together sometimes. But the first two weeks, so we have our Team Trends page that, that's a great tool for everybody. First week of the season, Doyle out for 94% of the snaps, Ebron for 45. Second week, Doyle 97, Ebron for only 28, right? Then Ebron's usage and fantasy production goes way up for the next five weeks. Now, week eight against Oakland, Doyle 20, 73% of the snaps, Ebron 22. I'm not mm-hmm. telling you to drop Eric Ebron either, but you need to be. just. I wouldn't be rolling him out there right after that bye.
3: Yeah, I threw Ibran in a flex spot this week again. Three wide receivers, uh, a little bit of a deeper league. I Threw him in a flex. At least he scored a touchdown to salvage the day. But I'm not feeling so great about keeping him in that flex position. He's probably going to the bench. I wish I would have traded him while I could, uh, because your window on that is going to be closed now.
1: And he and he did score a touchdown. So if you played him, hey, all right. But you'd need to worry about this. Um, well, the the Ravens tight ends. I know you have Hurst on this list. because He scored a touchdown. He's 3% mm-hmm. owned, but they're, they're, they're tight end position. Like, you know,
3: I don't know what they're going to do from week to week at tight end. Like there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. That yeah. You know that gets a, doing. yeah, that gets a little bit. I wanted to put one more tight end name this, uh, this week and it ended up being him just because, yeah. uh, again, the first round pick pedigree, eventually he's going to be good. Um, maybe it's now he's got, he got in the end zone, which is a good sign for his, his trajectory. Um, but again, maybe maybe a spec ad for a dynasty league. Uh, he played 30 offensive snaps. That's the highest total that he's played in any game this season. So there's something there, too, maybe. Um, but again, that has the it's a pretty deep league where you're starting to make that decision. All
1: right. Um, Jordan Thomas got everybody excited on Thursday night by catching two touchdowns for the Texans. Problem is Ryan Griffin is probably going to be back this week.
3: So mm-hmm, yeah. don't go
1: into and, the whole. Hey, Jordan Thomas might be the guy. Yeah, if check the Griffin news today. But well, from what I've seen, he's probably going to be back. If that's the case, Jordan Thomas probably goes back to the bench.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and Thomas will still have a role, but it'll be kind of a weird split role, and that does no good for either of them.
1: Right. Um, otherwise, names I wanted to mention: Charles Clay. I mean, he's getting five targets a game.
3: I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: He's forty percent owned. It's like yeah, this, whatever.
3: Yeah we have the same conversation about charles clay every year you know know. it gets to be week eight and there's some people a bunch of six teams on a bye your tight ends either banged up or you know you took one of their injured guys you're you're having a tough time you think charles clay will be a good idea he gets you seven ppr points maybe then you cut him again it's it's the same kind of thing i've had this refrain i've done this i think this is my fourth year doing the waiver wire podcast for you guys hopefully you're not sick of me yet we've had this Charles Clay conversation every single year, probably multiple times. Right.
1: And, and the thing with him, he, he's never going to get you seven for 85 and two touchdowns. Like he, if you you get excited, if he goes five for 42 and he scores,
3: mm-hmm. like, that gets awesome. We're looking at Derek Anderson or, or maybe even Nathan Peterman throwing him the ball. So there's that too. All
1: right. The other one I wanted to mention, I felt like, and, and I hate, this is going to sound weird. I hate trusting my eyes sometimes. You can't just trust your eyes. You got to look at everything. But Mm -hmm. Mike Gesicki, he last Thursday night he was on the field for 16 snaps, which is not a lot. He caught four for 14 yards and on five targets. I felt like they were. I felt like Osweiler was looking for him. You know, it was. I was watching it and I'm going. He's he's throwing to this when he's on the field. He's throwing to the guy, and I don't Mm -hmm. know that I'd want to add him yet. I feel like wherever you play, if you have a watch list, you know, he was, he was a second round pick. They liked him. There was a lot of buzz around him before the year. I I, I just, in watching that game, something in my head said, there's, there's more coming here.
3: Yeah. He's in the same kind of boat for me as Hearst, I guess. Um, and I guess Hurst made that list because he scored this week, but rookies, early draft picks probably will be pretty good. Eventually. We don't know if that's going to happen this season. Uh, you know, average quarterback play here going on in both situations. So I kind of group those guys together in a similar light, but uh, maybe that's the right move. They're, they're both watchless guys, John. All right.
1: Um, David Joku, we talked about a little bit earlier. I, I, if I owned him, I wouldn't panic.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd panic. I'd panic a little bit, but uh, fortunately the places I own him were as uh, kind of a backup tight end where I took a backup tight end kind of close to the original one just because I liked his athletic capability. I am not. Dro- I don't think I'm dropping him yet unless it's a real shallow league, but I mean those daily lineups last week, uh, nothing's going to remedy that. Yeah, The other guy I want to talk about, um, CJ Uzoma.
1: He became a popular pickup a couple of weeks ago. Because he had good matchups. Let me see what his ownership level is. He is on Yahoo 49%. Because the last two weeks it was, well, he's playing the Chiefs and he's playing the Bucs. And their other tight ends got hurt. And, man, what a great spot this guy is in. So he plays every snap. Against the Chiefs, he gets targeted twice, goes 2 for 13, but gets a touchdown. Against the Bucs, another great matchup. Four
3: targets, he gets nothing. Please just stop with the C.J. Uzoma. Just don't play yeah, him.
1: It's not worth
3: and, it. Yeah, I mean, when Eifert went down, we had this conversation about Uzoma versus Croft. And I was like, remember, Uzoma's the pass blocker and Croft's the pass catcher. All right. And then, or, I mean, the blocker, I shouldn't say pass blocker, but just the blocker in general. Then Croft goes down IR whatever rest of the season. He's not on IR yet. Excuse me. So then it's like, okay, well, I guess Uzoma would be the guy by default. But we know that he's really more of a, a blocker than a pass catcher. And we still picked him up anyway, and a lot of people got burned this week. I saw one of my one of my league mates got thought he was going to get cute and start him over Greg Olson this week, and right. lost because of that. Yeah, I, mean, I I got sucked into that the week
1: before last in one league, and just you know he got the touchdown, but mm-hmm. not really he's, he's he's not really going to help you. And as as bad of a position as tight end is, he's not going to help you anyway. Generally, um, streaming defenses, so. The Chiefs are not a good defense, but the Browns' offense is kind of a mess. What wins there?
3: I would guess the Chiefs, just because I don't know what to expect from play calling, what to expect from snap distribution. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Baker, from that Rappaport tweet yesterday, it seems like Baker's not too disappointed that he's gone, but I just, I don't know what they're going to be able to step in and implement at this time. So that, that that worries me a little bit. And I think the Chiefs are probably one of the better stream options. There's one I like a little bit more the more I think about it. Who is it? It's the Miami Dolphins. They're at home against the Jets. Darnold, I know, uh, the, you know, the Bears have a pretty good defense. Um, they didn't have Cleo Mack, which is interesting, but Darnold still couldn't move the ball. At all. I mean, it was windy. It was a weird day. But uh, over-under on that game is 45. Home team, low over-under, rookie quarterback. All my boxes are checked for the Dolphins. Dolphins are
1: 12% owned on Yahoo,
3: by the way. Everybody, Chiefs mm-hmm. are 32.
1: Hang on. Chiefs are 32, but the Dolphins are 12% owned, and I agree with you. And I, and I like Sam Darnold. He's, he's a rookie, and he's going to make mistakes, and this is a good spot pick a defense. Um, 49ers and Raiders defenses are both fairly widely available. They're playing each other on Thursday night. Let's say the, <coughs> the Niners are 28% owned and the Raiders, they're at the bottom of the barrel, right? Yeah, they're 1% on. They're literally yeah. the least owned defense on Yahoo. Which one? The game is at San Francisco. I'd, 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 I'd want to... I, I look at defenses from the prism of picking on quarterbacks. I've, even though Oakland's defense has been bad, I feel like I'd rather try to pick on Beathard than Carr.
3: I still I still take the home team and hope you get a bad car week again. Okay. This is this is if the Dolphins and the Chiefs are unavailable, which I mean, there's a pretty good chance one of those two are available. Um, but and this is also for the people that buy into the short week. I mean, the over under is still 47, which isn't crazy though. I mean, the, the lowest on the slate this week is uh, Chicago at Buffalo, 37 and a half. So I mean, the Bears are owned everywhere. Maybe you can get a piece of the Bills, I guess. I so, yeah, but Travis has been playing well, so I don't know about that. Um, So, I mean, that checks some of my boxes, too. But, yeah, I I would lean towards the Niners. But, again, chances are you're getting the Dolphins or the Chiefs first.
1: All right. um, The Cowboys at home. The Titans' offense is fairly inept.
3: Yeah. The Cowboys
1: are at home, and they have a good pass rush.
3: Yeah, 41 might be the lowest uh, Monday night total uh, we've seen all season. Uh, And you you get the Cowboys coming off a buy, and if you buy into that narrative – where, you know, they, they'll play better coming off a of bye. I mean, the Packers, I thought, certainly did. Uh, for example, this week, again, you know, just kind of observational short sample. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Dallas, I, I would probably put Dallas above San Francisco or Oakland if you're looking at a stream this week. But uh, all those all those teams are in play because some people play in 16-team leagues where it's still necessary to start a defense, and six teams are on bye. So, suddenly, there's only, you know, what what we got, you know, less than 10 teams on the waiver wire. Some right. crazy owners are rostering two defenses for some weird reason, you're running out of options.
1: Yep. One other team I want to mention. They don't have a, an easy matchup, but they're playing well, is the, is the Seahawks. I, 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 don't, I can't say I'd really want to use them this week. They're ninth in fantasy points. They've got 19 sacks, which is pretty solid. They're, they're forcing turnovers. Like this defense. This is like a top five or six defense in the league, which I didn't think was going to happen. But they're, they're one that maybe for later, not that you want to be in the business of stashing two defense. The thing, is they're at the Rams after this, then home for Green Bay. They've got the Niners at home along the way. They're at the Niners somewhere. I don't know. I, I, just, I just like these guys. I think they're pretty good. They're 25% mm-hmm. owned. They're probably below the other ones we mentioned. But I, I mean, I think I almost rather have them than the 49ers.
3: Oh, yeah. I I think you can make that case. Uh, You know, I'm looking through their depth chart right now, trying to figure out why exactly they're good. I mean, Bobby Wagner anchors that that thing in the middle, quarterback of the defense. He got that. I actually picked up uh, Frank Clark in an IDP league Mm -hmm. as a defensive end. He got me a sack this week, so uh, now he's gotten a sack in several weeks in a row. What's the game log look like? Uh, um, Well, one this week, then the bye, two and a half sacks, and he started the, the year off with a sack in three straight games they got some guys i mean the secondary is not what you think of when it comes to seattle but they're there i just i I don't like the upcoming schedule and you certainly don't want to be rostering like you said no business watching rostering two defenses and you got the chargers the rams and the packers coming up some of the best offenses in the league now maybe talk to me again in week 13 when they get when they get the niners in two of three weeks uh but then they get the chiefs in the fantasy championship and the vikings in week 14 so the upcoming schedule just not good enough for me to worry about it i'd rather stream week to week than pick these guys up and wait until then agreed what else you got going on um well i just got a message on my phone that uh college basketball appears to be live in the DraftKings lobby Ooh. so i'm gonna march i'm gonna march out of here and check that out and uh, give everything a look and and get our optimizer make sure all that's in, in store getting our uh our daily projections ready to go uh very excited about all of that this year i guess the cat's out of the bag i can uh, we can talk about it now so definitely tune into rotowire.com uh if there's as good a reason to any to upgrade your sport from NFL only to all sports. If you want to play some more DFS, uh, that that will get you covered. I mean, some of the biggest subscriber winners I've seen the last year we had college basketball is 2015, 16. And our optimizer was money this week, this week. I know John McCackney has been doing an awesome job with the college football optimizer and all that. Like, that's one of the ways, you know. There's a hundred different providers for for your NFL stuff, but you know some of these niche sports we're exceptional at, and it's a real good reason to upgrade your subscription.
1: Absolutely, everybody. And if you want to before the subscription, listeners to this podcast and get a free 10 day trial on RotoWire, go to rotowire.com/slash/pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com/slash/pod. You want to check those optimizers for, like you said, college basketball, college football. Go check it out. Not much college football
3: left, so you better hurry right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Right on. Uh, definitely. And then the 10 days get you all sports. You don't have to pick and choose which ones you want uh, yet. So the, the 10 days. And, and again, like like you said, John, no credit card. I, I I don't see any reason why you wouldn't go ahead and do that. Awesome. Jake, thanks a lot, buddy. Again,
1: he's at JakeSki52 on Twitter. I'm at JayHoppen37. Folks, if you like the podcast, give it a review and a rating wherever you're listening. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. We will be back on Thursday with our game-by-game preview. I think it's going to be uh, Joe Bartle with me this week. We've got Derek and and Tim Heaney are off to first pitch Arizona to to geek out about fantasy baseball, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, Jake. I, yeah,
3: I love yeah. geeking out Th- about fantasy those guys baseball. have a blast. I uh, you know I'm jealous. Uh, they, they seem to have an awesome time out there, and uh, yep. again, getting ready to prepare everybody with the best baseball content in the business come January. Those guys are already working on outlooks, and the World Series ended yeah two days ago.
1: That's where I met both those guys. It, it was probably nine years ago in Arizona. So mm-hmm. that's how I got to know. But yeah, that's a that's a if you're a fantasy baseball fan, some year. Go down to first pitch Arizona. It's awesome. And you learn a ton. Basically, I came back that year and went, wow, I am just going to kick butt in all my leagues because I learned so much from so many smart people. <laughs> all right. That's it again. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Um, like I said, Joe and I will be here on Thursday with a game-by-game preview of Week Nine. Please come on back then. For Jake Letarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?